0: Come on and spend time
1: With Joe's
0: people Just like a The old cathedral I'm so glad
2: Ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs, good evening and welcome to Joe's People. It's a Catholic podcast, but it's not totally lame. This week on The Big Show, Joe laughs it up with his faithful sidekick, James Core, and his spunky friend, Elizabeth Lang. Then it's the return of Angela Harger. Angela was one of Joe's guests on his debut podcast, and she returns with Stories of Miracles from a mission trip to the UK. It's so much fun, you oughta to have to confess it. And now, the man who makes me a better Catholic. Wait, I'm not saying that. Weren't you the one who told David that Bathsheba was, and I quote, "smoking hot? Just say the line. And now, the man who makes me a better Catholic, Mr. Joe Geisler. And his friends James and Elizabeth. Alright, well thanks for the intro. So we're back this week with my Joe, those buddy. Intros are good. Who, my buddy my buddy James there. Who does those intros, Joe? Those those intros are awesome, aren't they? And they're really good. It depends, uh, sometimes I have different people working on that sometimes. Uh-huh. It top depends. Men. Uh, I have top men working top on Top men working on it. On the intros, yeah. Liz, uh, Lizzie did the intro one year. Or one uh, one, one week. Year? One year. One year one, year. It's one a long week. Time. Yeah. I have not been drinking. So yeah, so we're spreading across the globe. Oh, uh, Lizzie's here as well. How's it going, Lizzie?
1: Hey, ha- <laughs> happy to be here.
2: I acknowledge Lizzie. So, <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to talk about how we're spreading across the globe. So we've been downloaded 12,500 times now. So 11,531. Some of those are probably James or me. Most uh, of them are probably 11,531 in the U.S., 476 times in Japan. And uh, that's just recently, so I'm not sure. I I ran a little bit of, of an ad campaign a couple months ago in Japan, but then I shut it off. So I don't know why. But we're we're big in Japan. I was saying I always wanted to, I was wanted to say that uh, ever since I, was, I heard the Alphaville song. But I don't uh, know the
3: Alphaville song. Single sing of it? It's not. I don't Go know. Go ahead. Quite, uh, so I've never heard that either. Yeah, I don't know. What, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh,
2: we'll uh, we'll we'll put a little clip of it in maybe. Uh-huh. So. Sure? 120 downloads in the UK. So, do they speak English over there? Twenty-one fifty-three downloads do. in. Do a,
1: I I do think they do. They
2: speak I, English in Japan. They yeah.
1: speak very proper English.
2: In in wait, what now? Oh, you know she. He mean you mean the, the UK? UK. Or? Yeah. They speak British English. Yeah, that's a yeah. good
1: accent. So, yeah. I can't do an I, accent. Oh, we're gonna talk with Angela about her about her, accent. <laughs> her <laughs> accent. So
2: I do. I can do a British. I'll do a British no, accent, Angela. Let's here. do the rest okay. of this banter with British accent. No, no, I can only do little bits. British accent. Come on. No, I can do. A, I can I can do yes Come I on. see no but uh, my <laughs> accent's more uh, no my accent's more it's yeah quite no um it's uh, it's good, we can do it another time words. Joe it's hard for me to do it's uh, mine is yes yeah, the funny other thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about Oh, that's pretty so that's, good uh, that's that's a, that's, that's yeah. not so oh, one, oh, though, yeah. so. we'll see what Angela thinks she might she might not be impressed she's British we'll, we'll try that no she's from Houston Houston <laughs> Houston by the way. <laughs> It's interesting. Houston's past Austin now. Two thousand one hundred fifty-three downloads in Houston. Twenty-one nineteen in Austin. There's so a lot they,
3: more people in Houston. They love.
2: I think they love me more there. Is what I think. So, uh, but I'm big in. We're big in Houston. So. It's, All, right. It's All right. But anyway, uh, hundred seventy-five in Pittsburgh. That's well, has my sister. And that busy. might just be my family. I don't know if I have actually any fans outside of my family in Pittsburgh. So, but, um, so now we've got hits everywhere except for Alaska, Hawaii, both Dakotas, Wyoming, and Idaho.
3: Those so. Dakotas got that oil going on. They're a
2: little busy. So uh, they busy. We got. I think we got to focus there. So, but we're being we in Japan, so there, I studied Japanese right. for th- uh, three years. Tell me a word. In I remember Japanese, it's um, not a dirty word. I, well, I was going to say uh, I had to remember what was the two. Th- I always had to remember being uh, excuse for being late to Japanese class because my teacher would be like, "Osoi, Osoidas and that means like you're late. And uh, be like, Suma sen uh, sumasan sensei, watashi no o sensei," and that means my dog ate my homework. Teacher, I'm sorry, I'm late.
3: T- tell me this. So. Uh how much of it is like like that that cadence that you just did about oh.
0: No, it's not all that. Obviously. Like, do you have to be like bad. a samurai it's all the time? Has is to that be like part uh, of the rules or what? No,
2: you could uh um it's uh, number one is that they don't have the same accents in terms of the emphasis on words that we do. Um like uh if you were going to say the name of the city H I R O S H I M A you, an American would say Hiroshima, Hiroshima uh-huh. and they would pronounce it Hiroshima, Hiroshima. Yeah. Hiroshima. So it's all—it's more even. We're all—we're all over the place on our uh, accent, up and down. They're more—they're more even. So
3: that's actually easier. It's easier to understand. That's a—I know Elizabeth. You spent some time in Spain, and you speak a bit of Spanish. And you know the Spain Spanish is very level, mm-hmm. right? And it, not like the Mexican Spanish where you sing. You know, yeah. it's not like the Argentinian Spanish, where it sounds like garbage. <laughs> hey, that's the Pope
2: now, man. That's oh, the Pope. So. Oh, no. I love Argentine. Oh, Spanish no, really? Because Can you understand remi- it word it they say? Me, it
1: reminds me of Italian because I learned Italian first. Okay. And Italian has such a pretty cadence to it. Ah,
3: mm-hmm. but the Argentine is. Eche eh, vos, vos, che, che vos. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> that's for you, Lucas. If you but for my it. Japanese listener. So I also remember, uh, let's. <laughs> my buddy. Ha- how, to, how
2: to say, uh, I'd say stuff like. Nato akai and that's like, let's go drink, I'll let you buy uh-huh so yeah mm-hmm. that's you got so, good to know you gotta i'll yeah. learn that one yeah there you go but yeah so lizzie said she likes uh saint francis xavier and i was oh, yeah. saying Let's talk about it. so i was talking about japan saint joseph is one of the patron saints of japan but i think more saint francis xavier so he was dying in the sea of japan and he kept saying souls bring me more souls like you want to eat them and uh no no he no. uh he was saving souls uh-huh. um he was one of the first uh, missionaries to Japan. Wait, I understand. He was in yeah. a boat
3: in the ocean. He was in next the sea of Japan. Japan, and he was like, "Bring me more souls." Yeah, That's he he wanted creepy. to convert more people. It's on so, his boat, did he have a big boat? How did he get? People I don't know on how him? big the boat was, but he was traveling around. He's uh, he's a jet
2: setter. He was just on all. He was in India. He was uh, he was in Japan. He was all over.
1: That's all one over of the coolest things about the early Jesuits is they were like a startup. Yeah. If you look at how Ignatius started the Jesuits and those first Jesuits like Xavier, how they operated, it's so much like a startup because they had to be adaptable along the way. And they sent Xavier to Japan and, like, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. He's he local guys. You there and you kind of, like, figure yeah. it out as you go along. What
2: year was this? This was. Uh, Come on. Don't look at me like that. What year 1540s. is this? I have no idea what 1540s. 1540s. Uh, he first reached Japan on 27th of July, 1549 with Njido, who was. Um, the first japanese christian he adopted the name of paulo de santa fe so so but yeah he came there with xavier as a mediator Jesus. and translator for the mission to japan so
3: so so what what about his hand you were saying elizabeth something
1: oh so in the church of il Jesus in rome um which is the jesuit like the house where all their novices go to train they have the hand of saint francis xavier
3: that's creepy no, it's, it's like Star Wars. It's super cool. Did he get cut off by a lightsaber?
1: I'm not quite sure. Okay, but right. I don't think it was a lightsaber. Oh. It's
2: a relic. That's a first class relic right there. A you, saint's uh, hand. But, I mean, yeah, it is a first well, class it, relic. The, yeah, the a,
1: reason it's his hand class, is because relic. he baptized over five thousand, six thousand people mm-hmm. um, with obviously with that hand, and so it's in it's in the church on the right side altar.
3: But do you, uh, and you see it like it's like the yes, thing from family like, from that. Show with the the creepy family. What is the the monster family? Adam 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 family, and you have the thing. It's like that. It's there on the side.
1: Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's encased. It's so cool. But we
3: have saints. We have permission to get that done. No, no. Where just someone's like, when he died, they're like, well, I'm gonna take that hand. Sorry, it's it's kind uh, of it's tripping me out. Like honestly, a saint relic, saints relics,
2: man. They're 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 up for grabs. Just raid the bodies, huh? After they go, isn't
3: it every cathedral? I've heard this, and y'all can confirm this to me. Every, per, every, every church, church has a relic, but every cathedral yeah. has a splinter of the true cross.
2: I'm not certain about that. Uh, we'll have to the fact checkers. We'll have my fact because checkers no on idea. that. I'll get top so man we, on but that. But if
1: all the pieces of the true cross, no, like the world were put together, uh, you'd, they say that you'd they, have they seven true crosses.
2: If you listen to actually our At our s- our second podcast, it was about Chris talked about having a splinter of the true cross.
3: So yeah. In his finger? No,
2: he he didn't actually, uh No. Yeah, no, he, they had a relic uh, of the True Cross, so he—that's how he picked up his wife. He said he used a he had. A, Wait, came he to used see the relic Cross.
3: of the True Cross to pick up his. I'm kind of yeah, exactly. I, I told I him. Guess, yeah,
2: I was like, 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 I was like, man. Some people say, "Let me buy you a drink," and then you got a relic of the True Cross to impress <laughs> impress your lady with. I mean, who's got you? Don't know, usually got something like that. That's pretty good. Hey, hmm.
3: Mama, you want to see this relic of the True Cross? I know. I'm
2: saying this. That's that's a good man's an operator. It worked. <laughs> so um, good, man. No, but I like uh, San Francisco Xavier. So. Um, it was just amazing with the areas he crossed and just the... Um, uh, yeah, all over... Ran all over... Um, uh, let's see, where did he... Um, I guess... So he's a representative of the Portuguese king. Um, he first came ashore at uh, Kagoshima, the principal port of the province of Satsuma. Um, but he was in... Uh, Ken- Kagoshima um yamaguchi uh so i mean uh um pretty much um yeah i mean started the first you know first christians in japan so those uh is there a neat.
3: japanese saint i know that there's uh, a bunch of martyrs over there but is, is there
2: there are i will have to do research on all the japanese saints i've been told by my on, by there my people that guy there's a whole there's research. a whole other christian uh the christian history of japan's pretty impressive i know that tempura Actually, that was a—that's a Latin word. It was the Franciscan missionaries that brought over uh, tempura to Japan. So, but, but I want to talk about uh, also uh, our buddy Angela. So Angela was on the first show. Um, Angela, let's see. Um, okay, her I image may Angela. or may not have been used uh, multiple times on my in my advertising. So, um, our first show was downloaded 976 times so far. So almost hit a thousand. So we're we're about to break that. So. Um, and Angela has been one of my people for like four or five years now. So we're going to have her back on. She should be here soon. Um,
3: yeah, I think I heard her knocking just a second ago. Could be,
2: yeah, we can't let her in. Sorry, we have to banter about her. So, but all right, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Joe's people in the Schoenstatt movement of Austin present an evening of classical music with Eric Janis. The evening of Friday, October 25th at St. Edward's University. Join us for an amazing evening of classical music and inspiration, and support the effort to build the first Shrine for Mary in Austin. Eric Genis is a world-renowned pianist and composer who expresses the beauty of the Catholic faith in his music and in his witness. Genis is performing with three extraordinary soloists, Maureen Murchie, violinist, Gabriel Beastline, cello, and Francesca Sola, vocals. Event net proceeds go to the show-and-stop movement of Austin, building the first shrine for Mary in Austin. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the music starts at 8 p.m. Tickets are only $10 with early bird discount until October 18th, then only $13 thereafter. Find out more and purchase tickets at ericg.eventbrite.com. That's E-R-I-C-G dot, dot com. For more information, check out the post on our website at joespeople.com. Thank you. All right, we are back. So now uh, we've lost Lizzie, but we've gained an Angela. So, uh, uh, my you buddy say that Angel- was a fair trade? It's, are we evaluating? Uh, we're not evaluating. Now? We are not. We're like not making we any comparisons whatsoever. <laughs> I, both, they're both Joe's people. Uh uh-huh. huh. There's both love there. There's always, yeah, we, we love Angela. Well, we uh-huh. love Lizzie, I'm excited so. to be
0: on your program again, Joe. Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you for being back we uh i was just saying we had um so we ha- you were on the first show we had 976 downloads of the first show so uh but I, for some reason we're stuck at 9076 i don't know there's something broken in the way, cuz we're gonna get this without, like even thousand or you know it's just they're just not right so uh yeah and i was thinking i was i was listening back to back the podcast and i gave me kind of a hard time on the first podcast but uh, it's all a journey i was feeling my way you know it was just uh we were were, we're it, was your voice different is it, is it was it had uh, more hair <laughs> yeah,
3: my voice has gotten deeper since then. Uh-huh. We have yeah. all matured a bit yeah, since the first podcast. I wasn't involved in the first one. I was not good enough to make the A team. Well, um,
0: we're glad you're here now, James. The
3: backup of like three other people.
2: Okay. We discovered you. You were on the short
3: list. Ah, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> we were <Okay>. American Idol.
2: <laughs> it was you know you were you didn't quite make the. It's fine. Me. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and we may have used your headshot in a few advertisements. It's, uh, no, I think I think you uh, gave us permission for that. I don't, I don't know, but uh.
0: I did. I oh, did. Something.
2: Okay, yeah. It was like 200,000 times, I think. You might have been seen. It, but it's all...
0: <laughs> well, I just want to thank you because you linked my acting reel to your website. Oh, yeah, I did. So yeah. I think I got a lot more views because of that. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Good for me.
2: It's all... It's win, 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 <laughs> win. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what else did... I... Oh, yeah. We want to talk about the... Uh, so you went to the... Well, Okay, now, James. Now, did you want to ask... Uh, we should let you get some questions in before we talk about uh, her mission trip. Give us know. a refresher
3: on on your background. I, I Could, assume you went over it in the first one. Because James probably didn't, listen, didn't listen, listen to the first podcast. podcast. So yes, yeah, true. Sorry. Not, not a big fan. Yeah. Not, no, a fan not, not, sure. not really. Not until I got on here. And then when I got on here, suddenly there was value, and I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. Oh,
0: wow. God. Okay.
3: Honesty, well, it hurts sometimes. It Go ahead. So, so give us me. a background refresher.
0: Sure. Um, my name is Angela Harger. Uh-huh. And What's I'm your middle name? Marie, yeah, thank you, Angela Marie Harger. Mm-hmm. I just, see. I
3: didn't know that. Okay, you see now it's you Marie. know. We like Marie. We like the name Marie. He didn't start asking people about their background until I got on here.
2: Yeah, I just we just came on and, it was yeah, it was and there was crickets
3: and there there weren't any questions anyway, actually went,
2: before you didn't exist. I was like, what I was on here? What Whatever. you can ask questions?
0: <laughs>
3: All right, Angela Marie Harger.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm Continue. an Austin-based actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also enjoy writing. I've been blessed to do short films, voiceovers, commercials. And independent films so far. So, I love Austin. Moved here from Houston five years ago. And I've been training here, working here.
2: We're big in Houston. We're bigger in Houston than in Austin, actually. Though. Really? So, yeah. But sorry, back to you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's about <laughs> all I got about me for right now until you fire the next question.
3: What is your particular religious background?
0: I'm a Christian. I was raised in a um, Lutheran church to begin with, then my family went to a Presbyterian church.
3: What, uh, that's something that I always admired about Protestants is that I love Protestants because they have such passion in in, 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 their religion and they're not afraid to get out there and, and to really bring people into it. Uh, you kind of jumped out to this London thing, which I, I don't know. What is the context of that? Yeah, so we should, yeah. Do you want to talk Maybe about go. that? So, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. It's Angela, show, just, buddy. Just, Angela, just... <laughs> just ride the
2: coattails, man. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, Angela, um, she went to, uh, she did a, a mission trip to the UK. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. I was
0: part of a program that lasted the whole year and, um, A lot of that program was understanding theology better, articulating the gospel, understanding why we believe it, and not just as the story of how we became Christians, but as something to apply to every single aspect of our lives. So if an issue comes up, um, some sort of crisis, we say, what part of the gospel are you not believing? Are you not applying here to your life? And so um, the culmination of that program was a mission trip to London, and we were specifically reaching out to Muslim women there. So it was a really awesome Um, experience to be able to share Christ with them. And some of these women were from countries where um, they're closed countries, so we couldn't get a visa to go into their countries to share the gospel, but they were in London vacationing or they've moved there, and so we were able to reach them uh, and meet them there.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
2: I wonder if I'm big in the. I'm I'm probably not that big in those countries. I'm, I'm big in Libya and Saudi Arabia, so, but...
3: So it know, was arranged. How did you get it to, to, <laughs> to get their agreement to meet with you guys? I
2: mean.
0: Well, we worked. We partnered with an organization over there. And so they're already working, um, partnered with churches. And what we did was outreach. So we would go out into parks. We would go to public squares out in front of shopping centers. And we would just approach people. We would get into conversations with them. So we didn't have set up meetings necessarily, hmm. um, but we just were out there. We'd pass out tracts and then Jesus DVD. And um, one icebreaker question that was really good for us to approach them was um, they would always be in uh, the dress of their country and um, what well, uh, the, the typical Islamic dress. And, uh, and it's particular to some countries, but you can tell they're always covered and their heads are covered. And so uh, we would approach them and we would say, what country are you from? And, um, you know, that would start the conversation. And then we had the Jesus DVD with all the different languages. So whichever country they're from, we had that the DVD Mm. in that language language and we were able to give it to them. So um, that was a really neat way to get into those conversations.
3: And and why the focus on on Muslim religion?
0: Uh, Well, the scripture about going out to all the world and preaching the gospel is um, just... A huge reason of why we are there, so we were there to preach the gospel, but um, specifically to unreached peoples, so these are people you know in America, there are many people that um, that clearly aren't following Jesus, but they have the opportunity to find out about him if they want. They have access to churches, they have access to sermons, the Bible um, there were people, the Muslim um, community that we are ministering to they're from countries where you're not allowed to have a Bible. Um, there's no mention of, of Jesus apart from him being a prophet and um, which is what he is in the Quran. And so I think it was just the emphasis was to, to reach a people that are not being reached in other ways. Interesting. interesting.
2: I do Well, I find it interesting. There was just an article. I'm a, so I subscribe, you talked about how Protestants have this energy. Like I've subscribed to a ministry best practices, uh, group on Facebook that's run by some ministers and uh, cause I like all the, you know, um, they share ideas on 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 well, obviously best practices, but they were talking about how in the U.S. Um, one in four non Christians have no Christian friends, or have no Christian contact, hmm. which I thought was amazing. That's so even in the U.S., there are like pockets of A secularism. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just far away. Well, well not just that, but different uh, religions that don't
3: have any contact with other religions, with hmm. Christianity. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The uh, I, I guess to address the first part, my aunts went to the Protestants to learn how to do faith healing, you right. know, and so I have a couple of aunts who are very deeply religious, but they, you know, they said the Protestants figured this out, and they, and they, and they, you know, they use that sort of thing, which is very cool. Um, and, and then, you know, to the to the second part, that is interesting that you reach out. I, I guess in my personal viewpoint of the world, you know, Muslims are cool, you know, and, and they do this thing. And we've discussed this before. I'm in a very American Catholic kind of like hands off and they're cool. But it's an interesting thought to me. You know, I, I love Muslims. I prefer if they were Christian, you know, I definitely I would prefer everybody to be Christian. And so it's interesting to me, uh, this idea of, you know, at least give them the chance to see, you know, what's Christianity is about. If they want to make that jump over to it, it's, it's, it's interesting mm-hmm concept for yeah, me
0: yeah we just we wanted to dialogue about faith we they muslim people love to talk about their faith just like we love to talk about our faiths that's why we traveled across the the ocean to go there and talk to them um so we had great dialogue but the thing about the islamic religion is that it's very works-based there's like five pillars and this is how they earn their salvation and it's uh, i'm not i'm not sure I'll, i'm gonna remember all five but prayer fasting uh, p- pilgrimage to Mecca. And um almsgiving, and I can't remember the fifth one, um, yeah, but there's five either. pillars. Huh. and um, so they have to basically perform perfectly in all of these ways. and at the end of the day, when they die, um, they believe that Allah will weigh their works and if their good works outweigh their bad works, then they will um, then they'll go to heaven. And so we want to introduce to them Jesus Christ, who was perfectly righteous for us. And who took all of our unrighteousness on him at the cross. And um, because no human could ever live perfectly enough to be before God. And so um, whenever we would talk about that and just the grace that is offered through the cross, they were very uncomfortable with that. And they said that is not fair. That's not fair that one man would bear the punishment and that all the rest would be saved. And we would say, you're right. There's nothing that's fair about grace. There's nothing that you can do to deserve grace. It's freely given. And that's what we want to tell you about. So. Um, it was just very interesting to see that, and um, the desire that was there on our part was not to force our religion on them or to say, hey, we're better than you because we have a superior religion, but to say, hey, we're all sinners just like you. I'm a complete sinner apart from Christ, but he offers this grace, and it's offered to you as well.
2: Yes, yeah, so, uh, Well, Lewis um, talks about that if you look at it as um, Jesus' sacrifice from a criminal perspective, then it doesn't make any sense for an innocent man to serve the time of a guilty man. But if you look at it as a civil case, then it's more like it's more like somebody paying the debt for somebody else. He said that sometimes fair. people people can understand no, that better. Yeah, as an attorney, they like still don't get that foot, foot in the bill for somebody like the the way the Samaritan paid for um, uh, paid for the 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 bill for the man that was assaulted on the way.
3: Right? Well, but on then the, it's the charity; it's giving out of yourself as opposed to a punishment on you. You know what I mean? It's it's. It's, I'm not forced to do this. It's, I'm doing but it, this for you, it's not a, which is it, a different— Well, the thing is, it, it's not a matter of justice is,
2: is the deal, right? It's, it's, um, it's a matter of mercy and grace, right? Mm-hmm. So, but,
0: and yet the justice of God is perfectly seen in that the punishment was paid. It was yeah. just paid by Christ. And so, um, you know, we would emphath- emphasize that as well when they would say, this isn't fear, there has to be a punishment for this. And we'd say there was, and it was Jesus. Yeah. So it would
3: be I, I do I am gonna throw this out there and and it doesn't mean to be contentious, but of course on the Catholic side of thing there is that idea that you need to do some good works so that pairs with, you know, the the faith and salvation to get through it. But that's Yeah, I mean there's uh, we have the Protestants well, yeah, and well, Catholics kinda Well there's the Saint Saint Paul
2: talked about I've run the race, right? Of you know, I've kept the faith. of have run the race. Right? He sort of mm-hmm. he had that notion. Mm-hmm. So. so that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah and I
0: think I, that when you have that true faith, and the fruit of that is those good works. I think so. And so, yeah, that's I completely I agree with you lot, on that. Yeah. But I would also say that uh, it's completely different Catholicism, Catholicism versus the um, Islamic religion. Really? So in what they believe, so far as works. Huh,
3: interesting. The interesting thing is they're
2: um, uh, they do talk about or they're interested. They're um, they venerate Mary as the, uh, the mother of a prophet. Right. So they have an interesting take on Mary. The one thing though is, um, in the media now we have all the, you know, the unrest in Egypt and the, the there's, um, uh, the, often like the extremists of Islam are the ones that get the, 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 news. Um, but there's this picture going around about, I don't know if you've seen it, um, of, of Muslims uh, forming a circle around the church yeah. so Christians can pray in peace, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was a while ago, um, Christians did the same thing during Ramadan. They were around Muslims. And I think a lot of the, um, sometimes what gets lost, gets lost in the media is the average, um, you know, peace-seeking Muslim. Uh, and it reminded me, of, uh, at back at Purdue, um, <laughs> I had a lot of Arab and uh, Muslim friends. Uh, and we'd always, uh, during Ramadan, actually, we'd be heading to dinner late and everybody would, uh, when the sun set, uh, all the Muslims would head out and uh, go get dinner. So, uh, although often then I'm surrounded by everybody's talking Arabic, and I'm like, "Yeah, my Arabic's a little rusty." You know, mm-hmm. but um, uh, it reminded me of my friend Ali, who was um, from Lebanon, and uh, the most polite, chilled out guy I've ever met. And uh, the, uh, okay, the only quirky thing about Ali is he would watch Jerry Springer, and you know, like he he thought that he was like, "I can't believe this!" Like, he would sometimes think Jerry Springer was like the the, the I'm like, you understand this isn't typical American life. Like, That's a good stopping point. We should we should take a break. Yeah. So, and we'll, we'll be back. There's a new ministry in Austin for couples struggling with infertility. Sarah's Hope and Abraham's Promise is a free spiritual support program for couples struggling to conceive or with pregnancy loss, featuring co-ed retreats for couples and a monthly support group for women. Based on Catholic teaching, we combine the wisdom of modern medicine with the healing power of the Catholic Church. Join us at our next Couples Healing Retreat on October 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. at St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Austin. An optional Adoption Information Dinner Program will be featured from 5 to 7 p.m. Come for the whole retreat or just the adoption portion. Register by October 14th at www.shap1019.eventbrite.com. That's www.shap1019.eventbrite.com. For more information or to find out about bringing Sarah's Hope and Abraham's Promise to your parish, contact Sarah's Hope at rabboniinstitute.org. That's R-A-B-B-O-N-I-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E dot O-R-G. Or call 512-736-7334. All right, we're back. Um... All right, so you did a mission trip to the UK. So, number one, actually, I, I remember looking at you, I, I think it was your resume, you said you could do multiple accents. <laughs> so, uh, do you do a British accent?
0: Oh, it's on my resume, whether I'm actually good or not. <laughs> do you have Brits that download your Uh Oh,
2: podcast? yeah, I got, yeah, we're big in the UK. We're uh, Oh, great. The UK is number three, uh, so it's US, then Japan, then the UK now, so... But, uh I, let's go let's hear it we did a, i could do mine first if you want I yeah I'd, I'd, that I, would
0: uh, make me form, feel uh, more comfortable joe
2: okay yeah so i mean mine was uh mine was yes i find the only <clears throat> no i gotta, I gotta it again. <laughs> get in there come on find big the cat. anything worse than being talked about is not being
3: talked about is that the only thing you can say that's because last I say. podcast <laughs> i was that's you said can that exact same yeah. line say,
2: Yeah. yeah it's quite, Ch- change yeah, it up a little probably, bit there i see yeah no that's all i got sorry so I, mean, I, could say I like went on Cockney. a trip to
0: London and I was trying to minister to people, tell them about Jesus and see if I could blend in with the locals and see if they wouldn't notice that I was a little, you know, American actually. But I think this is what I got, Joe. Not sure. It's more Cockney. Pretty good. But yeah, a little bit no, of Cockney. It's eh? good. It's, a, it's a mix. Did they, did
3: they, were they able to tell? Were they like, stop it, American, or were they all like, oh, <laughs> did you try that on anybody? He said, are you, at? you
0: sound a little Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> well, but because
3: it's an American, that's what the accent is, right? I yeah. Mean, it, so we hear it
0: overpronounced in our heads, or mm-hmm. we try to overpronounce it because it's so different from what we hear. But it was too much. So then. I had the girl do an American accent for me, and she's actually quite good. Oh yeah, so that's crazy. I complimented crazy. her on hers.
2: I like when Tracy Ullman does an American accent. She does like uh, uptight American businesswoman accent. It's pretty good.
3: Yeah, I have some cousins in the West Indies, and when they switch <laughs> off the West Indian accent and go to American, it freaks me out. Man, I'm like oh mm-hmm. my god.
0: I think it's easier to do an American accent because they see it so much in the movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hollywood has been to you know has gone to every country. So yeah. Um,
3: Julie Andrews is British, though, isn't she? Yeah. I mean, she's just using her regular voice when she did Pretty Mary much, Poppins. Yeah, she's
2: not doing an accent.
0: Good just. point. Right? Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, that's your people. Yeah.
3: That's like saying I sound like the queen. Yeah. That's right. That's the English. We we're, t- were just talking to uh,
0: Thanks uh, for redeeming it for me, go, go. I
3: was talking to Sam about how the guy was pointing out
2: that Sean Connery, no matter what he plays, he always does the Scottish accent.
3: Yeah. So, the, was it, wasn't yeah. He, didn't he play a Hispanic character at one point and it was just the Scottish accent? He did Russian with a Scottish accent. A Russian with a Scottish accent. <laughs> That, is that method acting? I don't know how, what you call it. What there. kind of? So, so how do you? Stuff. How do you? How's the acting stuff going?
0: Well, are we gonna switch gears oh, here? No,
2: we, we could, uh, well, why don't we talk about the your trip to the UK and uh, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and um, we had some really awesome stories of things that God did. Um, the first day that we were there ministering, we went to this place called Speaker's Corner, which they've been doing for the past 150 years in Hyde Park. And it's a place where everyone can go and talk about whatever they want to talk about. And there's hmm. only two rules. They can't speak out against the royal family and they have to stand on something so that they're not speaking on the queen's ground. Mm-hmm. So that's where the term on your soapbox came from because mm-hmm. ah. they would bring a soapbox and they stand on it.
2: And see, they don't have like freedom of speech. Necessarily, right? I mean, they have limited in English.
0: I from, know. So can, That's why yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? You can't say these things and you have to stand on a ladder? And yeah. the Texan in me was like, what? Because they're subjects. <laughs> they're
3: not citizens. They're royal subjects. They also have cameras
2: all it over the place, crazy. too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they're all recorded in that society. Yeah.
0: But uh, so we were going there and we had um, uh, his name was Jay. I forget his last name, but he was one of the leading polemicists, which um uh, an apologist goes on the defense for the Christian faith, and a diplomatist is goes on the offense, not yeah. in an offensive way, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, so he was he was talking about Christianity compared to the Muslim faith and um, just different inconsistencies and, and ways of proving that Christianity was the truth. And so he was on a ladder doing that, and he had a huge, large, large crowd gathered around him. And he said, "I'll bring a second ladder if anyone wants to get up there with me." <laughs> And at first I was like, yeah, I want to get up there. And then I was like, what would I say? Like, I started to get real nervous. I was like, I don't want to do that. So we were kind of standing on the outskirts, um, and most of the people listening to him were men. So we were looking specifically for their wives and sisters who might be standing on the outside waiting. And I saw this lady, and she was covered completely, um, except for her eyes, just head-to-toe covered. And I got so nervous because I've never talked to anyone who was that covered before. And so I knew in that moment that she was exactly who I was supposed to speak to. Um, so we went and we talked to her. We had an amazing conversation. We were able to to share the gospel with her. And I was really encouraged. Um, I just kind of was became bold in sharing. And so the next person I got to talk to was a lady. She was there with her husband, and they were all gathered around a Christian and a Muslim who were in another circle, and they were debating about science. And I said, oh, what are they talking about? And she said, oh well, they're talking about science and I said oh well what are they saying and she just kind of was being polite and answering my questions but you could tell she didn't want to dialogue with me yeah so I just was persistent until she turned around and faced me and started talking and I said "Um, so you're a Muslim and she said yes of course why why else would I be dressed this Mm -hmm. way (laughs) and I was like well that's a good point but um, so long as you're Muslim can you tell me how you would get to heaven how you believe you'll get to heaven and so it just launched us into this conversation where she started talking about doing the, you know, wa- washing her face and hands before she prayed and all the things that they do um, that they believe you need to do for salvation. And so, um, and I would come back with the gospel and talk about Jesus and the perfection of Jesus. And so um, her husband turned around and he started dialoguing. And we had been told um, not to look the Muslim men in the eyes because in their culture, that's very direct and forward and inappropriate. And so
2: I, I prefer Jane doesn't look me right in the eye <laughs> I just rather he uh, you know just avert when I'm staring. Just uh, mm-hmm. don't be looking at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So the whole time we um we just focused. I just focused on her and I looked at her in the eyes, and um and pretty soon he started he started wanting to dialogue, and then I would say something, and then he'd say, "You make a good point, sister," and then he would go on and say <laughs> something else. And it was just interesting because as we talked. Um, an entire crowd began to gather. the circle kind of changed from the first two guys to gathering around us mm-hmm. and um I never at any point did I look anywhere but at her eyes because they were they were all men, and there are some people that are hired to go there and to cause trouble. Mm-hmm. There are muslims that are that are hired to um to cause controversy or to be argumentative or such and so one of those men was there, and he was standing right beside me, and he started saying all these things and um anytime it would kind of get off topic, I would say, you know, I feel like we're getting off topic and the most important thing here is Jesus. And the reason I'm talking, what I came here to tell you is that God loves you enough to send you Jesus and to be the way of salvation. And so I'd always bring it right back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the conversation, it became not my own words, but just the Holy Spirit was giving me scripture after scripture. And um, you could tell in her eyes that she was just so appreciative that the attention was completely on her, and that she was being respected in that conversation, regardless of who else joined, and and the fact that there were men present and that there there were thirty other people, but she was the only person I was looking at. Yeah. So it was just a really incredible experience, and I felt like my mom afterwards was like, "That was like Paul when he was giving the sermon. Um, what's it called? Where he was talking about uh, on Mars Hill, and he's talking about the um, the altar to the unknown god. Yeah, the unknown and god. And it's just god like that or- the
2: Greeks uh, used to. Yeah, and it that's just crazy.
0: organically happened to where this whole crowd gathered. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, I had wanted to be on the ladder at first, and I was like, oh, no, I, don't, I wouldn't even know what to say. And then I had a one-on-one conversation that God turned into a little crowd, yeah. and he gave me every single word to say. And so it was just incredible the way that the Holy Spirit meets you in those moments. And he promises that in the Word, too. He says, don't worry about what you're going to say in the moment because I will give you yeah, the Word. Holy
2: words. Spirit will, will let you know. mm-hmm. You've had improv training before, haven't you? little bit you know. i have yes well there you go there's god's providence on that there you go that, he's he no, preparing me getting you ready for stuff yeah i
3: i think that that's powerful it's reached out to the women you know as you said that the the, the different the say how to say this is very politically correct you know but there's a status that is established in that and the women are often not on the great side of it and i you know it's she just not felt cool, very respected let's put it that way yeah you know well so that, that, that's, that's actually cool how the christian religion
2: originally spread was the um was actually i mean it started through the the lower classes the servant class in the roman empire right and it spread to the uh the rich women and then it spread to their husbands in fact they used to yeah this idea of equality yeah such an odd you, well that's odd the thing, thing they used to encourage christian women to marry uh to marry non-christian men in the roman empire because um
3: uh it's sort of i mean it, things spread that way so <laughs> well that makes a lot of sense yeah do you do anything women tell them?
0: I have another story <laughs> that's really, really awesome, so I want to share right. it with you.
3: And we want to get your plug in for your movie, too. All
0: right. Yeah. This is about um, a man that we actually ministered to. And we were passing out tracks on the street, and there was a, an Indian man that came up on his—he had like a wheelchair scooter thing. And I handed him a tract, and he said, oh, what is this about? And I said, oh, well, it's about the next thousand years and where your soul goes and important things that we should be thinking about. And he leaned forward, and he grabbed my arm, and he said, I need to talk to you. And I said okay. I said, "Can I take you to that cafe across the street?" And he said, "Yeah." So I was with my friends.
2: Whenever a cute young girl uh, says, "Can I take you to a cafe?" Yeah, you're gonna say no. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. So um, I was with my friends Sharon and Daphne, and so we uh, walked across the street, and I was like, "Do you want tea, coffee, or hot chocolate?" And he was like, "Tea." I'm like he knew everything that he was gonna get, and he needed his tea. So um, I'm we like- are in Britain, you know. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I shouldn't tea, even tea. ask the question no, yeah, clearly. It's the tea. So I went to buy him tea and while I was doing that, he and my friend Daphne were talking and uh, he said, tell me what you know about Jesus. So she shared the gospel. And um, I came back down with this tea and I sat down and he looked at me and he said, the Quran says that if you want to know more about Jesus to find the Christians. And we all just started crying because clearly God had ordained that encounter and we said, that's the reason you met us today on the street, because you want to know mo- more about Jesus, and here we are. And for weeks before I went to London, I'd been praying that we would meet someone who was having dreams and visions about Jesus, and that when we met him or her, that we'd be able to share the gospel and who Jesus was, and they'd come to know him. Because um, Jesus is appearing often to Muslims in dreams right now, and he's always either very bright or very large, because he's showing them his deity, hmm. um, So the Holy Spirit prompted me to ask him and I said, "Um, have you been having dreams about Jesus? And his whole face just changed and he started crying. Tears were just streaming down his face. I got so excited. I leaned forward and I said, tell me about your dream. Hmm. Um, So he said that he had been on his deathbed. Uh, He had kidney failure and he was in the hospital and Jesus came to him in a dream and said, do you know who I am? And he said, yes, you're Jesus from the Quran. And I said, was he shining? And he said, oh, yes, he was very bright. And I said, that's because Jesus says he's the light of the world and that no man comes to the Father except for through him. And um, I said, who do you believe that Jesus is? And he said, he's a prophet. And I said, yes, he is a prophet, but he's so much more, he's God. So we started talking about the deity of Christ and um, my friend Sharon ran across the street and she got him a New Testament from the book table that we had so that he could have it and he could read more, find out more about Jesus. And I shared scriptures with him from 1 John about Jesus being the way of salvation. And everything that we said to him, he just was soaking it up like a sponge, like he had been waiting for us to get there. God had been preparing his heart for that moment, and he just soaked it all up. And he agreed, and he was nodding his head, and we said, can we pray for you before we go? So um, I had oil that I brought with me, anointing oil. And I asked him if I could anoint him with oil and pray healing for him. And so we were praying over him, and I anointed him. I was praying healing for his kidneys. Um, I was praying for his family and that God would just supernaturally increase his faith. And I felt someone walk up over my left shoulder. And I just kept praying, and I I didn't want to be distracted because I knew that there were a lot of people in the cafe, but I wanted to focus on him and on praying. And I looked up at his face, and he was just staring over my shoulder, transfixed. And he said, "He's here. He's here. Do you see him? He's right there." And I was just—we were all completely overwhelmed by the presence of God, literally the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And I said, uh, "We don't see him like you do. Tell us everything. Tell us what he looks like." And he said, "He had white hair, long white hair, and a beard, and um, he was shining." And I said, "How was he standing?" And he said, "His arms were folded like this." And I said, "What was his face doing?" And he said, "He was smiling." And I was just like, of course, he's smiling. He loves us so much. And it was just an amazing thing that we had come all the way there to share with him what we knew about the gospel and Jesus. But he was able to share with us something that we don't see and know. Like, I've never physically seen Jesus, but he did right there. And he was able to tell us what he looked like. And it was also such a special gift, too, that... um, Jesus didn't let me see him in that moment, but I felt him and then he yeah. gave me that grace. So it was just absolutely incredible. So we were leaving and he grabbed my arm again and he said, you leave here and you tell everyone that Jesus was here today. And I said, yes, literally he was. And I'll tell everyone. So that's amazing.
3: That's a good way to start is on Joe's podcast. Get yeah. Out to everybody. That's awesome. That's a really cool story. It's amazing. That's amazing. Absolutely
2: that's a good t- uh, place to take a break and uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back and you, you can tell us a little bit about this movie. So, all right, we'll be all back. Right, thanks. Joe's people in the Schoenstatt movement of Austin present an evening of classical music with Eric Janis, the evening of Friday, October 25th at St. Edwards university. Join us for an amazing evening of classical music and inspiration and support the effort to build the first shrine for Mary in Austin. Eric Jennis is a world renowned pianist and composer who expresses the beauty of the Catholic faith in his music and in his witness. Genesis performing with three extraordinary soloists, Maureen Murchie, violinist, Gabriel Beastline, cello, and Francesca Sola, vocals. Event net proceeds go to the Schoenstatt movement of Austin, building the first shrine for Mary in Austin. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the music starts at 8 p.m. Tickets are only $10 with early bird discount until October 18th, then only thirteen dollars thereafter. Find out more and purchase tickets at EricG.Eventbrite.com. That's E-R-I-C-G. Dot E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E. Dot com. For more information, check out the post on our website at Joe'sPeople.com. All right, you. so we are back with my buddy James and my good friend Angela. All yes. right, so so now we we were talking about uh, we're. Uh, you were in a new movie uh, called Preacher Man that's coming out soon.
0: Yes, it is hopefully going to be out in October, right. and it's a faith-based comedy. And the story is about a convict, convict who escapes from prison, and the only way to elude capture is to pose as the preacher of this small town. So they're expecting someone to come in and interview for this position, and he does in the preacher's car, and so they assumes that he's assume that he's the preacher, and he can't. Every time he tries to escape and to keep moving on, he uh, gets caught, and he can't. Um so it's really cute. My character was um so much fun to play. She of course falls in love with him after hating him at the beginning and then it's revealed who he is and everything unravels and I won't tell you the end. Uh you'll have to see it. But
3: ja Rule no. isn't in this movie, is he? I was <laughs> going to say Ben Affleck. Ben He's- Affleck's not in, is he? He's no, it's that. actually She's Brad Pitt. So. Ja Rule is different.
2: Brad's a, Brad's a good git.
3: So. A good get. Yeah, yeah. a good get if you can get bread. Uh-huh. Yeah
1: yeah yeah. Uh, so where'd you film it
0: we shot in waco last Uh summer okay cool So yeah it was a three-week shoot Hmm. and it was my first lead on a feature so i grew um so much as an actress i learned so much about being on set and carrying the lead and got to ride a horse and all kinds of exciting new things
2: had you ridden a horse before
0: um, it was on my resume. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. What else yeah. Is on your resume? Is on your resume? I want <laughs> no, I not really get a print out of the resume we and bring it in I an an had. Um, just, I yeah. had ridden a horse before, but it was in those very tame trail rides where you, you know, you just do what they say. You go very slow, mm. and so I get on the horse, and I wasn't scared to be on the horse, but they said, "Okay, you need to make the horse go as fast as you can." And I said, okay. <laughs> so we're just like tearing don't have any through spurs these hills. Or or... I don't have any spurs. This yeah. horse wants to go back to the barn. And the barn was not the direction that they wanted make me to make the horse go. Mm-hmm. And so it took quite a bit of effort to get that horse going fast, a different direction than it wanted to go. <laughs> but I said, just edit it all out, make it look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do some editing magic.
2: So. I do that all the time. I make me look good, and James, uh, you know. <laughs> But yeah, so you gotta tell to me down, or else I'll overshadow you. It's true. <laughs> that, well, uh, yeah, now, as long as you don't go, uh, as long as you're not competing, it's it's all good. No, beautiful. no, no, it's, no, it's, it's, all, it's your show, it's buddy. It's all love, yeah. So, no, uh, so what? Uh, wait. So, what was your? Uh, tell us more about your character.
0: My character's name is Sarah, and she is the daughter of the head deacon of the church. So he, um, he's the one who's interviewing. Mr. Dean is his name for this Mm. pastorship position. And he ends up coming and living on our land in a trailer on our ranch. So I have a lot of interaction with him. And he's played by my friend, David Ford, who's extremely muscular, tall guy. And he uh, grew out a mustache and he got extensions So he had a mullet ponytail. Mm. So Mm. he looks like Like he he could have just escaped from prison. And, um, and so he just and he has a real his character has a real rough demeanor about him. And so my character, Sarah, is just kind of like, are you kidding me? Does no one else see how strange this guy is or no one else thinks anything is up? And um there's some goons that are trying to get the church property. They're very violent. They come to the church picnic and tables are turned over and he fights them back and he fights fire with fire and becomes a hero in the eyes of the church. But in my eyes. I'm appalled, and I say, you know, Jesus said, turn the other cheek, Mm -hmm. and why are you fighting with violence? It's it's a very interesting plot. I think it's going to be really funny. I know a lot of times um, faith-based work can be sometimes cheesy, um, but I read through the script, and I loved it. We wouldn't know anything about faith-based work Mm -hmm. being cheesy,
2: (laughs) not here at Joe's People, (laughs) because we're awesome.
0: Well, and I think it's great. I think it needs to be made, and so I don't want to knock any of my fellow christian artists but yeah. that was just my concern before i read the script and i read the script and i was like this is hilarious like i i, I hope it's not cheesy i think it's going to be really funny
3: do you get to see any of the product before it comes out or do I you have just seen have some like some screening scenes, and you're yeah. just all like oh there i am
0: i've seen some of the scenes and um actually the first two scenes on my acting reel which is linked onto your page joe um are from the movie so actually yeah, everyone's getting a it. preview yeah. of it there um, but we're hoping, it's still in editing, and we're really hoping to get it ready by um, when the San Antonio Christian Film Festival is, because distributors will come there looking for films to pick up. So we're hoping that it's ready by that date.
3: Can you watch yourself? Uh, and some you know, some actors, actresses, they don't like to watch themselves. You, do you watch yourself and you're all like critiquing yourself, or, or is it just like, <laughs> there I am? What, yeah, a kinda... lot of people
0: have a real hard time hearing their voice mm-hmm. or watching themselves.
2: Oh, James likes to his voice. Yeah, it. I listen to my voice. So like a thousand the, of my guys, listens oh my are RB, from James, from James to his his right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's I like, think oh, I'm glad It's her. like music to my ears. It's not always true,
1: <laughs> but
0: sometimes. Um, no, I think that I've been doing – I've been acting so long, I've been watching myself in tape on tape for like the past five years as I've been in acting class and in various projects and such. So I'm over that factor, but I am constantly critiquing and saying, oh, was I in the moment there? Or what? what could I have done differently to make it better? And so – It's, um, I'm not watching like, ah, hey, watching myself on camera, but I am going through that process as I watch myself.
3: What is your method to get into character? I mean, are you like, what what was the guy who did Lincoln who who was a
0: method actor Yeah,
3: and and Daniel Day-Lewis and he (laughs) was like, was Lincoln for like the the entirety of the time that they were filming it or something? Yes.
0: Um, and he's a brilliant actor.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he's, he's won a couple of Oscars about that.
0: So, um. Basically, what I do is I try to crawl into the skin of my character, and so I'm not going to live in a tent for two years before I get apart like Daniel Day-Lewis, but um, I have a character sheet with questions of who am I, what's my first memory, what's my first uh, negative and positive, what's my favorite holiday and why, and so I just create this character build for my character, so it's not based on my Angela's answers, it's based on my character and all the clues that are given to me from the script and the story. And by doing that, I begin to feel and sense and think like her and crawl into her skin. Interesting.
3: A lot of making up on the back end of stuff. I mean, like, how deep do you go? You're like, my first memory is when I, you know, how specific are you? I mean, do you really. Very specific. And the more specific, the better,
0: because when you're actually there on set, it's going to become a reality to you because of everything that you have built. So if you go real shallow with it, then for me at least this this being my approach if i go shallow with the character build then my um my work is going to be shallow
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is the most interesting part that you've played
0: well, I've played a deacon's daughter, and I've also played a prostitute, so I've played the spectrum. <laughs> well, that was, that was where I was going
3: to go with that. You know, I hear about actors going out and studying whatever they're going to do, you know, because, I mean, I don't imagine that you can say, well, this is a prostitute's first memory, you know, just from experiences or whatever. And so do you go and talk to people and like, hey, prostitute, what's your first memory so that I can
0: no, study after of that? Of... Or
3: do you just make it up or what?
0: No, I might submerge myself in other people's work if someone else has played. Like if I'm doing... Um, a mental patient then i'll watch um a film about people who've dealt with that and I've, i'll see what another actress has done with that character so um that's that's been my approach thus far
3: interesting
2: all right so i know it's coming out tonight but uh, tell, tell us about the zombie movie oh, yes uh, well
0: every year uh, and by the time
2: a- they hear about it it'll be too late but still yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a a 48-hour film competition here in Austin and really in every city in the United States. Well, not every city, but a lot of them. And so you're given two days to write, act in, edit a film. And you're in competition with all the other people that are also have entered in for this. Um, And I
2: think I saw the one you did last year. Mm -hmm. The Adventures
0: of Mitch Taggart. Yeah. Yes. So that was um, that was so much fun, and so I assembled my own team last year, and I wrote and produced and directed and acted in this um, this adventure serial called *The Adventures of Mitch Taggart*. Um, but this year I was part of another team, and you draw everyone draws a different genre. So this year we drew uh, horror, and we had decided beforehand that we didn't want to have anything that was gruesome or graphic or anything like that. And so we kind of took a light-hearted, comedic approach to zombies as much as that's possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a, it's a really cute story. I think it's going to be enjoyable. I won't see it for the first time until tonight. So, um, but I'm really, really excited to see it.
2: Cool. I mean, zombies are big right now. Right? Oh yeah, so, uh, almost as big as you are in Japan. It's uh, it's almost <laughs> as big. Yeah. I heard about mm-hmm. that joke. That's
0: Congratulations. Oh uh, yeah,
2: huge in Japan. Yeah. Shout out so, to so, Japan. So. Hello. Yeah. We're we like uh, we love Japan. Konnichiwa. Sugoi desu. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for being back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. We always love having you.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it.
2: All right. Well, we'll take a break and we'll be back. Okay, that's the show for this week. I'd like to thank my friend Angela Harger for returning to us and sharing some amazing stories from her mission trip, and we hope the new movie does well. And we just want a small mention in any Oscar acceptance speech. So yeah. Uh, also I want to thank my friends James Corr and Elizabeth Lang for joining me as well. Always a good time. And thank you for joining us for a mile or two in our walk with God. This is Joe Geisler saying goodnight and God bless from Austin, Texas.
1: Be closer to the Lord, just chill out now with Josephine Wolf.